Yusim Podcast. Assalamualaikum and greetings. Welcome to Yusim Podcasts. My name is Dr. Norhidaya Azman from the Faculty of Science and Technology, Usim. So today we will be talking about the ethics of image rendering using artificial intelligence. If you have ever used a filter, or if you've ever used AI to render an image, or even used facial swaps when you have two pictures and you swap the face around, you've basically used artificial intelligence in one shape or form. So AI rendering has experienced an exponential boom in recent months, and it's a fascinating topic to pick apart. So as a lecturer in FST, my research interests involve the study of the World Wide Web, virality, and social media analytics. So in USIM, I teach internet multimedia and also the current trends on the web. So for today's podcast, I'll be covering a couple of things. So the first thing I will cover is the examples of AI imaging tools, what are available, how can you get to them. And then second, we will be talking about the current issues surrounding the usage of these tools. And that's for the first part of the podcast for this one. The next of se- the next series of the podcast will be on the ethics of using these AI tools themselves. So to begin, for today's podcast, I will start off with the examples of AI imaging tools. Now, when we talk about the examples, we have generally three different levels of AI imaging tools. So the first one would be tools which make minor alterations, or we normally call them filters. I'm pretty sure that a lot of us saw Instagram take the world by storm back in the 2010s with their filters, and suddenly everyone could come up with beautiful pictures in all sorts of different colors. The idea of editing photos is not new. It has been around for a long time, but it wasn't until Instagram came around that people were able to change their photos at a click of a button. So before this, if you wanted to edit photos and things, you would need something like Photoshop. You would need a proper desktop to do your editing. But that wasn't the case when Instagram came along. So that's basically the first iteration of editing an image using AI. Because at one point or another, it's the algorithm that changes aspects of the photo. So that's the first level of imaging tools. The second one is major alterations. So this may involve things like deep fakes. Now, what are deep fakes? Deep fakes are basically videos where parts of the imaging in the videos themselves get altered. This used to be very difficult to do. But nowadays with things like face app, with things like all the different AI tools that can change elements within a video, it is so much easier for movies to be starred by you. You can basically swap out Tom Cruise and then suddenly you're the hero in that movie. So deep fakes have become more mainstream and a lot more people have access to tools which allow for deep fakes like this. So that's basically the second iteration of uh, AI imaging tools. The third one and the final one which we're seeing nowadays are things like text to image generators. Examples of these include Midjourney, Dolly, Stable Diffusion, Blue Willow. So a lot of these things are basically changing the way that we look at art. Before this, if you wanted to create art, you would need a brush or a pencil or a pen and then use your 
your hands and then like move them in very artistic ways to get art out. But that's not the case anymore with these generators. You basically use prompts, you use sentences. So instead of drawing things yourself, you basically say, imagine a beautiful girl. And then suddenly four different images of beautiful girls pop up. So that's basically what the text to image generators do nowadays. So it all these different tools have definitely changed the landscape of making images in the world today. So what are the differences between AI image rendering with photo editing software? So as I mentioned before, when you wanted to edit photos before, you would need Photoshop, you would need your own complete uh, computer setups. But the main difference now is that the autonomy, we are giving more autonomy to algorithms. So before this with Photoshop, you would need the human touch, you would need the human eye to decide what to do with the photo, how to fix the photo, what should you do to make the photo better. Nowadays, we rely more on the algorithms. Take this photo, put the best filter you can on it, the computer will decide for itself what's wrong, what's not, and then fix it. And the same thing with prompt generators. You basically get sentences changed into what a computer thinks is what you want. It will basically get the image representation of what you just wrote in sentence form. So we're putting a lot more autonomy on algorithms. So that's basically the main difference that we're seeing today when we involve AI image generation. So what has happened today? So this brings me to our second point in our podcast today. What has happened as a result of using these AI tools? So one good thing from using these tools is mass amateurization. What that means is that amateurs can now create more professional looking pieces of art with very minimal effort. So that means that even the most untalented person can now come up with very beautiful images. We're not saying that untalented people should not, but it just means that the tools are there. So it's no longer just a select few who can churn out beautiful images. Almost everyone can do the same. So mass amateurization is definitely something that is good for creating better art all across the world. What's not so good is that the usage of filters, the usage of image editing, that means it's setting an unrealistic standard for beauty when we see pictures online. We expect things to be flawless. We expect things to look pretty every single time. So the pressure on impressionable youths are, consider are considerable. It means that nowadays people see these images all the time and they think that it's the norm, whereas it's not. So it is becoming more widespread, the usage of image manipulation all across the world. And then the next uh, impact is the art form becomes more accessible. So that means if you want to buy images that depict a certain scene, a certain a scenario or a certain product, you no longer have to pay thousands of ringgit for it. You can actually pay really cheap prices to get the same exact beautiful picture. So it's making art more accessible. So that's another good point of using AI. But another not so good point is that it devalues copyright. So copyright is the bread and butter of most image professionals. So if you build something, you would expect to be paid and compensated handsomely for it. But with the use of AI tools like this, 
copyright is being devalued more and more each day to the point that people are expecting beautiful images for almost free and that means it's becoming more and more difficult for art practitioners to make a living for themselves so that's something that's not so great especially for human practitioners of art um there was one um contest there was an art contest recently at the colorado state fair when there was a competition for uh, people to send in their best photo for judging and then it turned out that the winner of that colorado state fair was an image that was created by ai and that sparked a huge uproar all over the world like is it fair to submit an art piece that was created by a computer what separates art and non-art does it involve uh, toil does it involve like you have to spend a certain amount of time before it's considered art so it's really fascinating to pick apart these topics right now because it's something that's definitely new it's never been considered before so it's really amazing and it's really interesting to think about all the different sides to the story and then lastly the negative impact of course is biases so these computers they are being trained so the way that these ai image generators work is that they are always trained and what it means by being trained is that the algorithm is always being fed by different types of data and the data will inform the algorithm what is correct and what is not so if the training data itself is biased that means when the algorithm works it will always come out with biased decisions so for instance if the data includes a lot of image the images that portray white people as good whereas black people are bad so when they make decisions or they make new images they will always portray white people as good as angelic and then they will portray black people as bad as demonic so it all goes back down to the training data so who is in charge of the training data so it is very important to know where they get the training data from what are the existing biases that exist within this training data and then what are we doing to make sure that we correct for any biases in the data so there are many very interesting facets when it comes to the usage of ai imaging tools so basically we've been talking about the different examples of ai imaging tools such as instagram face app we've talked about midjourney dolly and then we also talked about the current issues surrounding the usage of these tools so i will continue in the next podcast about the ethics of using these tools so if you want to listen to other podcasts in the series you can visit podcasts.usim.edu.my Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. That's all for today. Stay tuned with Usim Podcast. Usim Podcast.